that's my secret cat. I'm always angry. <laughs> Run out of patience. On the roof! Hey everyone, Cap Captain, big fan, Spider-Man. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, Peter. Hello and welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, an MCU fan podcast. My name is Jordan Weekend, and with me today is Casey McGeorge. How's it going, everybody? It is going well. Um, I hope everyone is having a great time as uh, we are blessed with not just She-Hulk Episode 8, but we also, the day after... We're blessed with Werewolf by Night and just a whole bunch of stuff going on um, this weekend, really, like sports-wise and the Marvel stuff. It's been a, it's been a great weekend for me. <laughs> and Casey is still on vacation, so I'm sure uh, you are enjoying that. Yes. One more week. All right, so we're going to be talking She-Hulk Episode 8, which is Ribbit and Rip It, written by Cody Ziglar, directed by Kat Coiro, and it aired October 6, 2022. The synopsis reads, She-Hulk represents Leapfrog, who was injured due to a malfunction in his custom-made super suit. What was your initial thoughts, Casey, on Episode 8, Ribbit this or Rip was, It? This was a, a really, really good episode. Um, it gave a lot of people what they wanted finally. Uh, I, I I don't know much about Daredevil, um, but I enjoyed his interactions with Jen. Um, I really my, my my favorite character there came back. Um, I, I really didn't have too many issues with this episode except for one, which I talked about previously that uh, technically. Uh, um, Matt Murdock can't practice law in the state of California. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he somehow passed the bar for California. Um, I doubt it. The, the man's kind of busy, and taking the bar is not really, um, you know, not something he, you can just set like an hour aside for and like. Yeah, yeah, know. but you know, I get it. They did. It we had the a long gap of this. If he wasn't dusted, right? If he if he wasn't dusted, he had a long five years to study for the bar where he probably wasn't doing uh, doing too much daredevil stuff. So, I don't um, know. And as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as he walked in the courtroom, I was like, ah, eh, he's not supposed to be there because he can't really do that. But other than that, uh, other than that, it was a really good episode. I enjoyed a lot of it, so. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed this episode as well. Um, it was a, uh, a very fun time and I think shows what you can do in, you know, people like to say that some of these episodes feel too short sometimes um, for all Marvel shows, not just this one. But I, I felt like this one really showed what you can do in 35 minutes you know it it really was compact it did a lot 
Um, you know, these characters were not familiar with each other before this episode. And then by the end of it, they're, uh, you know, they, well, one, they have very good chemistry as well. But yeah, we are going to be talking, getting deeper into Ribbit and Rip It. Uh, so the the episode um, kind of begins with a what was, I think, a very long recap, right? As it recaps all of the stuff that uh, has happened previously in the show, but uh, the episode kind of really starts out with Jen getting a new case representing uh, Eugene Patillo, Patilio, um, who also goes by Leapfrog, who wishes to sue Jacobson, which is the uh, supersuit designer, for a faulty supersuit. And uh, I, I really like this because it was tying together some of those B storylines we had previously into kind of like the main storyline, giving Jacobson something else to do and j- kind of bringing up the silliness of it when Jen tells uh, her boss, Casey, that I have a conflict of interest and they bring up the conflict of interest from episode two and they're just kind of like, well, figure it out because this is uh, <laughs> like that was a bigger conflict of interest than this is. So uh, we're, we're not accepting you stepping away from it. What was your thoughts on, on that? Was that satisfying enough on how they get around the conflict of interest a second time here? For me. Yeah. Because the boss is like, look, I I don't really care about this. Your your petty little crap here. Like this is, you know, uh, it's one of those things where I, I, I have dealt with, in, in, in different working things, I've dealt with people where they're they bring up the fact, oh, this guy spends a lot of money, or this guy's, you know, there's a reason why we're doing this with this one particular person, um, and it sucks. But ultimately, the boss, just like a few weeks ago with the whole Titania thing, the boss is like, you know, when he he saw She Hulk stuff on the billboard as he he said he's driving out Sunset Boulevard, he's like. I don't care. Like, figure it out. You're a big girl. You get paid a lot of money. You're obviously very good at your job. Like, figure out how we can make this go away. Um, And ultimately, he is the boss. He's the guy in charge. So if he wants, she is the head of the superhero division, right? Or at least the face of it, right? Um, Yeah, definitely the face. And the fact is, with her being the face, she's the one that's going to garner the most publicity. She's the one that's going to probably bring in the most clientele and the most money for the, the law firm. So, you know, and, you know, she's obviously very good at her job. So he's gonna, he's going to want her, he's, he's going to want to put his best people on a case on certain cases or he, he may have his ideas of what people may do some things better. Um, you know, Mallory book is great. She, and I, I don't know much about it. She might be better at like a family law or something like that. We saw her deal with, uh, the divorce case and uh, everything with Mr. Immortal there. Right. So that might be more of her expertise in the intricacies of, family law, divorce, things like that. Like there, 
you know, and, and a lot of lawyers do specialize in certain areas of law. So, um, I, I really, I, he doesn't seem like the kind of character you like. He seemed very fishy in the very beginning, but I like mm-hmm. the head of the law firm because he's just no nonsense. And ultimately he's like, hey, look, this is like, he hasn't, he hasn't gone overboard or stepped yeah. over any bounds at all at, at any point that we have seen during this, uh, during this series. And I just like his demeanor. He's just, he's like, look, I don't care. Figure it out. Get it done. Yeah. You're doing it. End of discussion. Yeah. Very different from some of the last managers we've talked about with Glenn and Dina, but uh, on Superstore, you know, uh, but yeah, he's very, that's what I like about him too. A very no nonsense. Like, Hey, just get it done. Right. Like, we already got the waiver from Blonsky. So you're doing this. We already, you know, your face is on, your name is on billboards for stuff that's not ours. Fix it. Um, you already waived a pretty big, uh, you know, um, exemption thing before. Like, this is not that big a deal. This guy makes dresses for you. Like, just figure it out. And uh, I, I'm thinking with that, it'll play into the end here when everything happens at the end. But I think it's going to be pretty no nonsense about that too. And she's probably going to end up not working at the law firm law firm after that ending. We'll we'll save that for later. But um, I also think this might be something like Eugene's father type of thing, right? He says that Eugene's father is like a big client for them. And I'm assuming if She-Hulk is the face of it, and she's had some notable wins, like Blonsky, yeah, I think the the father would be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want my kid to get the guy, like get get the lawyer that got Blonsky off. I don't want, I, I don't want Pug, right? That's who she suggested, right? Yeah, is Pug. He's like, I don't know Pug. I, I came to your law firm because you specialize in this, and I want She-Hulk. So." <clears throat> pretty interesting but it puts her in a really bad spot when she is like you know this is gonna piss off jacobs and i'm gonna go try to like massage this a bit and she doesn't do it well and he immediately freaks out rips the dress that he's working on for her and leaves her uh pretty much says what like i hate you now or something it was it was pretty over the top very very Medea. i knew casey was not enjoying that see we should have got the ending here. Like what ha- what she did and what happened in the end of the episode should have happened at this point, And mm-hmm. I would have been very satisfied. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, one thing I want to mention before we move on from here. So, so leapfrog is, you guessed it, a Marvel's a Marvel comic character. Um, his father was actually the one known as Leapfrog in the comics. That is uh, Vincent Patilio. While Eugene is usually Frogman in the comics. And uh, Leapfrog is usually a villain, while Frogman is a more heroic character. Um, not sure if we'll see Eugene turn that way. I mean, he wasn't really doing anything super... He's villainous except for, for kidnapping he's not yeah, doing I mean, anything he's, for a while he's ki- he kidnapped jacobson right but 
what is he trying to solve like fight crime at the beginning like somebody stealing tvs is that what it was yeah it looked like some sort of a best buy uh and and he he was trying it looked like he was attempting and trying to be a hero in the beginning that's what i thought um and it it did not work out um it worked out horribly especially since as we find out he decided to put freaking jet fuel in his yes boots um so that yeah that 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 just kind of boneheaded right there um uh, how did this family get into frogs like you know i i don't know and uh his first appearance late frog was daredevil number 25 december 1966 um like i said he was usually villainous character he didn't have boots last time like he didn't have like jet fuel boots or i guess he wasn't supposed to in this either but in the comics he had like spring like stuff in his boots that would help him jump like like spring based stuff um so not really sure where where apparently when i was looking into this because i'm not familiar with leapfrog okay um it said that he like really hated costumed heroes but i'm like you're a costume villain like i don't know <laughs> so, little funny apparently it's very like his dad in the comics very abusive vincent and that's why like eugene is more of a heroic and then like his dad hates that he's being a hero instead of a villain all that kind of stuff going on in the leapfrog frogman family but i I love the uh i love the his base of operations right the lair the the lily pad with like these neon signs (laughs) This is see. This is what would happen in a world with superheroes, though, wouldn't it? Some rich kid would spend all this money, uh, buy a suit from a designer, rent out a place, and say, "I'm gonna do this stuff. I'm gonna be a hero, or I'm gonna be a villain." And they would definitely do that. Yeah, and it, th- this is definitely the kind of uh, this is definitely something that would happen. Because then they would force somebody to make them a suitor. They'd make their own suit. And next thing you know, they would end up hurt um, badly, probably. Uh, Or they'd get seriously beat up by a a couple of thugs. Uh, We we, we will get to some definitions of of those things in, in a few moments. Uh, they get beat up by some thugs, probably, or something. Uh, get injured. Um, it, it honestly it would probably end up all over the news. It's some dude who thought he was a superhuman, or tried to be a superhuman. You know, is now in the ICU, and then you probably have to have your local police force or sheriff's office who would come out and would sit there and, and tell you, "Hey, guys, uh, if you don't have superpowers." Leave that stuff to the people who do because all you're going to do is end up getting yourself hurt. Um, and then it takes resources away because now police are called. And now that they have to bring ambulances out for stuff like that. And it's quite horrible. So you would end up with some rich kid or yep. some really smart kid 
And honestly, you would end up with thugs or whatever with a gun who would actually just end up shooting a lot of these people. Oh, um, definitely. Um, so Jacobson says he's, he's got a, so, uh, I think it was when she, the dress thing is going on, right? That she's like presenting like, Hey, let's just make a deal off of this. And he says, he's got like a lawyer. He's going to bring in Matt Murdoch in court. Uh, Matt is going to instantly pretty much win this case by sniffing out the jet fuel, which was, not in the instruction booklet, which I would love to see some sort of like instruction booklet that comes with these superhero costumes. See what they exactly well, cover. <laughs> well, so, okay. So maybe a regular one, he probably just gives basic instructions, like how to wash it, how to take care for it. Like That's James, true. Yeah. Right. He probably just yeah. gives your basic stuff, but he's got something with some sort of, okay. So it, it, it uses, he puts jet fuel in it, but it makes them, jump and fly and has some sort of like rocket boosters on there. So yeah, he probably does have like, Hey, you need to use whatever fuel with this kerosene or you need it like, like regular or high octane 93 or something. Right. 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 Or anything like that. Um, so yeah, he probably does have certain things, certain instructions with certain suits that he gives to him that says, this is how you have to, this is how you have to care for it at use this suit. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, like, yeah, if you're going to do boneheaded stuff like that, I'm kind of with the old, the old suit maker there. Cause yeah, you can't just go deciding you're going to put jet fuel in it. One jet fuel <laughs> yeah. and stuff doesn't even burn the same way. Like, Right. So the whole thing is just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that, getting them the on whole... fire or something, right? Yeah, it's just the whole, yeah, it burned the, the his, his legs. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Which I'm not sure if that would actually happen or, or not with Jet Fuel. But let's not go down that route because then there's people <laughs> who start saying how Jet Fuel can and can't burn. And honestly, I don't know. I just know right. we used it in our tanks, and it, it's not quite the same. Um, but yeah, I also, also, as soon as he, like I said, as soon as he walked in the courtroom, I was like, oh, I don't think he can be there, because I don't think uh, he can actually practice law in the state of California. Um, well, we don't know. That's the thing. Uh, and I assume... I, I'm willing he, to, I'm if, willing to if bet he's a doing it. amount of money that he was only there for the purposes of the television show. But, yeah, he can't practice. Look, California is a state that is very particular about a lot of different things. Uh-huh. Right? So, like, one of, one of the reasons, like, okay, so I, I had this from someone I knew who was in law enforcement before. So, and this is how lawyers are. If you look up, like, the definition of, like, getting stabbed or something, or mm -hmm. it goes through this whole list of, like, knife, shanks, shiv, various other things. Why? Because at some point, someone was stabbed, right? And, you know, uh, his lawyer was able to get him off or try or was very close to being able to get him off. 
of charges because he could simply say, well, that's not a knife. Technically, that's a shank or a shiv. And so, like, their laws, like, they're, they're very particular about a lot of their laws and the way they work. So, not only just him not being uh, allowed by the bar in the state of California, knowing this, the laws in the state of California. Now, this is a civil case, so it's a little different probably. But still, I'm pretty sure, like, people practice only in certain states or they have law firms that encompass different states because they have people in those states because the laws and various things are much different in those states. Um, but we still got Daredevil, so... Yeah. Well, well, here's how I'll speak to that. And and just for people listening at home is so he does mention to Jen in the legalese, right, that he uh, takes up big money clients when uh, when they're not doing the pro bono stuff to help pay for bills. So what I would assume, since he did go to California and he did get um, they did show him in court and they didn't toss him out, is that at some point since the last time he was in a show, which is a while ago, uh, that he somehow took the time, passed the bar, was able to... And he did that for places where he thought he would get the most business, and he probably, at certain times, goes around and uh, does some of those cases. So, um, My I point wanna... is, just because we don't know he doesn't have it doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Pretty sure he does. But I want to know more than anything why he was in the state of California in the first place. How did he finally get a hold of Jacobson? Because um, Jacobson is very secretive, obviously. He has a secret lair in downtown L.A. behind a boba place and underneath it, right? And cameras and doors. Also, he's coming from New York City. How does he not have a dude in New York City who's going to make better suit than Jacobson does? Well, he did. He ended up in jail, uh, that guy. But also, um, uh, in in the comics, he does spend a good time, a good bit of time in California. So there was a time where he moved over there for uh, a run or two where he spent time in California. So he could have met Jacobson then and then went back to New York and then, um, you know, had to come back for the court case. Within the last year? Because yeah. remember, all the superhero stuff just started happening. Like, how did one? How did Jacobson get into this line of work? Right? Was he forced? Did he decide to do it on his own? How does he attract clientele? Snotty as he is, he's only gonna attract like top notch clientele. So, like, well, I, I don't think it has to be within the last year. Within the last few, based on when superheroes have started coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, but I mean, like, Iron Man at that point is, like, almost like, uh, like, let me do the quick math. It's like 15 years or something, but that's... Yeah, about 15, 17 years. Yeah. Iron Man is a very specific thing because that's Tony Stark. Like, Tony Stark, you have to put in an an entirely separate category because, A, he's Tony Stark. He's the billionaire genius playboy philanthropist. Two, uh, he's also willing to give his address out to random super villains right and fight like so like that that's a much different well i'm just saying that they popped up after tony stark so you know the 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 whole reason they had the sokovia accords originally which we found out were repealed 
um, from what Matt Murdock was saying. Yeah, we need more info on that. Like, yeah, I know, I I know you said Cat uh, had talked about uh, we would get more info on the Sokovia Accords. Now, yeah, maybe I think that was it. Maybe some <laughs> yeah, of this is coming in some of these other shows because, like, Marvel's got to have like a lore keeper somewhere with the MCU who's trying to keep a lot of stuff interconnected. At least I would think they do. They do, yeah. Um, I, I gotta find out about that in some way, shape, or form. But I, I need more info on the Sokovia Accords. You can't just slip in the fact that oh, the Sokovia Accords have been appealed or repealed. Like how? Why? Like what? Like I need more info on this. Did they get repealed because maybe it was a? Since we know the five years had passed after, between the snap and the blip, that maybe it was only for a set of time. The five years passed. Maybe they put it up for like four. Um, they didn't necessarily have enough people. Um, or it was something that was forgotten about because the world was in such a different place. So it would, they weren't able to pass it. Uh, because of the snap and the blip, did they repeal it? Like, did they vote and repeal it because of the snap and the blip? That's what I would think. I, it? Like, yeah. Because if we just think about it, right? If we think about Infinity War, they look like the Avengers before were always thought of causing the issues, right? Oh, you caused Sokovia by creating Ultron. You guys created this issue at the airport because you're having the Civil War, uh, all this kind of stuff. The uh, the the Thanos and his henchmen coming down in. Are they henchmen or are they goons? Yeah, I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, Thanos coming down with the with the uh, you know Ebony Mall and all them um, in Infinity War really wasn't caused by the Avengers at all. He was just going after the Infinity Stones at that point. So they but, appear. But if if we go by Vision's line of thinking, wasn't it caused? Because if they don't exist and they don't have the Infinity Stones, Thanos doesn't necessarily come down. I think Thanos still comes down. He just finds them well, way easier, right? Like, like he would know at some point, like, oh, I know the Soul Stone is down there. It it, it would be, not the Soul Stone, but the like the Mind Stone, which was, well, the only one on Earth was the Tesseract originally. So he would have yeah. just came down and got the Tesseract and then probably still snapped and people still I, I can't problems. remember. How did the Tesseract end up on Earth in the first place? Uh, the way we find it is just from uh, Red Skull having it in the first Captain America film, and then it gets uh, lost in the ocean after that, and then um, S.H.I.E.L.D. finds it, and then they have it from the 40s all the way up till 2012. Yeah, they didn't necessarily know what it was. It was just... Yeah, yeah they, they didn't know what it was. trying to unlock the power from it. Okay, but okay. so like... So, okay, uh, uh, Howard Stark was probably going to do his thing and help it in World War II regardless, right? So you can kind of say Captain America was probably going to happen, in theory? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's that. But by him, by, okay, Red Skull finds the Tesseract. Captain America defeats... Red Skull, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I mean, there's different ways to look at it. But 
with Vision's line of thinking, like, does there, and, and I kind of agree with it. it, it it's, a, it's a quandary of does their mere, a mere existence cause these other forces and evil entities to come out? So it's one of those, it's one of those things where you can't really, you can't really say without it, you know, one way or the other, but. So my, my point with that was originally like, okay, let's say you're a lawmaker, right? And then you just see these aliens come down in the middle of a New York summer and within what, 24 to 48 hours, half of the population is gone and you're probably thinking, oh, we shouldn't have had these Sokovia restrictions. We never, like, we lost some of these people that we were forcing them into hiding. And now uh, now they're all separated and now we're kind of screwed and half of the population is gone. I, I think that might make them immediately repeal it then or once, I would say, five years later when everybody comes back. And they're eternally grateful for bringing everyone back. They'd be like, "All right, yeah, we gotta repeal this." I would think. I would think one of those two is how it probably happened. But I would also say there's a bunch of logistics that go along with that because, okay, half the population goes. So that means there's a bunch of. Let's just look at. Let's just look at our political system. That means there's a bunch of congressmen. There's a bunch of senators, state senators, school board committee members. Blah blah blah. Gone. Right, the world's trying to continue on. Maybe, maybe they just reelect people for those other things. Maybe they scrap some of those things in general altogether because there's a lot more that you have to worry about considering half of all life just turned into dust. Right, gone. We'll worry about the school board later. Like we might not even have schools right now because they're, they're like, like we saw in in Endgame, like. City Field in New York, uh, where the Mets play, is just like abandoned, and you know it's it's horrible. So yeah, totally opposite from yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> completely. So, but so like these things are happening, right? So now these five five years pass, and a bunch of people come back. Okay, cool. Uh, what happens though? Like, doesn't necessarily mean these people get to keep their positions, right? It doesn't necessarily mean. Sorry, I don't have any information about that. I didn't ask you. So Alexa doesn't know. <laughs> that, that's the Google Home. It's not Alexa. Oh, okay. But like, okay, <laughs> but like, so these doesn't mean these people get to keep positions. Um, so these people come back, right? Some of them were going to be gone anyway, based on time and term limits and various other. Things. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, they'd probably be done their term. Not only that. But the world is going to change drastically. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go back to the way things were. These This half of the population is going to have to find a way to reintegrate itself back into that society. And they may have a whole bunch of different things that have happened since then. I say all that to say, like, I don't know if it, if it's something as simple as just, oh, we should have had these guys... Let's try and welcome them now. Like I, I don't. I want to know more of what happened in that five years. Honestly, like that's a series I think Marvel, and it's probably too late. Like they're they're well past this point. Yeah, they're moving on. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I definitely just would have loved to have seen more of what happened during this five years, where the world was just in turmoil. Um, 
and to see some of the issues that that have kind of happened during that five years. But I I want more on this Sokovia Accords thing. Like I know yeah. they said we would find more about it, and maybe maybe as time goes on, it will kind of filter out, or maybe the, like maybe there's a lower thing online where we can kind of figure out more about it. But yeah, I want more about I want more about the Scovia Accords and they're they're repealing because it was what mm-hmm. 160 something countries or whatever. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was just about every country. Um, and so, who makes the decision then? Is it just the UN that gets that, or like they have to repass it as the UN, and then the other countries have to sign off on it again? Or here's the question: so Or could the... USA leave the Accords and everybody else is still in it? Like that's the kind of interesting stuff. There's that. Like you brought up the UN. Hypothetically, who's to say the UN is even going to exist? Um, okay, so they well, they snapped. did in Civil War, right? Isn't that when they brought up was in the UN meeting? Well, no, what I mean, like, is is after the snap, who's to say that the UN is even going to oh, continue yeah. to exist? Once again, half your people are gone, right? Um, statistically, it's going to be at least a few um, of your ambassadors to the UN, right? The world's in turmoil. You know everything's going crazy. Who's to say, like, hey, we need a, we need another ambassador to the UN? Who's to say some of these countries, who probably didn't even really want to be involved with the UN at the time, but were doing it for political purposes and because it was, you know, the thing that you kind of had to do? Who's to say that's not their their excuse to be like, no, we're not dealing with the UN anymore. Like. There's, there's five permanent members of the UN Security Council, right? Mm-hmm. Russia, China, the United States, France, and England, I believe. I'm, I'm probably wrong. But it's 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 like like Russia, China, the United States, and England are four of the five members. I think France is the fifth one. Who's to say, like, if Germany, or not Germany, who's to say if, if uh, Russia's ambassador and or China's ambassador are gone, Who's to say that at that point they might not just pull out and be like, we really didn't want to deal with this before. We got other things we got to worry about now. And, and, and I think you're right. China, France, Russia, UK, and US are the five permanent members of the UN Security Council. And once, usually all it takes is one. Once one of something, once... Like, okay, you go to a party, right? Or you go to a little soiree or shindig at someone's house. And maybe they put food out. A lot of a lot of times, people don't want to be the first one to go up to the food. Yeah. Right? Because they don't want to look like a pig. They don't want to look fat. They don't want to look greedy. But once the first one or two go up to the food, then everyone else can start moseying on. That's not a big deal, right? Are you one of the ones that will go up there first? Because I am. I'm a fat ass at this like I know what I am. Like I'm a wide body, so yeah. I'm like I'm the going... food's out. Like my mom will be like, Jordan, don't go up there yet. I'm like, the food's out. Yeah, no. It, I'm it, going like, up there. Th- th- there's a reason, yeah. Like let, let, let's go do this. But so but that's a prime example, right? A lot of times like or like when you were in high school and like you had like a school dance or something. Yeah. Sometimes it'd take a while for the, the boys and girls to get together and actually dance, but once they did, then everything started going off. 
this this is probably another example of like once the first few members, even if they're not permanent members of Security Council, but once a couple of major members of uh, maybe like Germany and maybe like India or, you know, some of these other places, not like Uzbekistan, if they're even there, right? Smaller ones, not so much, but the bigger ones. And then if you get like a permanent member, if Russia and or China decide we don't really want to do this anymore, uh, the world's on fire right now, half the world's gone, then yeah, like it wouldn't take much for a bunch of other countries to be like, I'm out. And then now the UN crumbles. Not saying that's what happened, but that's it's a realistic possibility of what could happen in those situations. Um, but yeah, the inner workings of the politics of the MCU. We would love a show about it, Marvel. Make one. So we can so like we can I talk said, about it. We won't get it, but I just <laughs> I just I am kind of more interested in what happened during that five years. Right yeah. What well, is interesting because they do gloss over it, right? I mean we catch up to it at the end of it in Endgame and then um you know, we see brief parts of it in some of the MCU shows, but it's usually uh just like the original Snap. Uh, that we're seeing. Okay, so Eugene then contacts uh, Jen saying that there is somebody assailing him, right? And we later learn it's Daredevil on the hood of his car, like the top of his car. And um, she, you know, she goes out there, she puts on her super suit for the first time here. Yeah, he calls her in the middle of the night. Yeah. She's like, what the hell, you know? Um, so she's. She doesn't know the situation. She thinks he's just being chased by some random thugs. I, I'll use the I'll use the neutral term thugs right now. We'll, we'll get into uh, a couple other terms in a minute. So yeah, she's like, "Hey, uh, you're close by." She's about to leave, and that's when she remembers, "Oh yeah, I have this suit." Um. So we finally get to see his handiwork, which I mean, it, it's like you said, it's pretty much just a suit from the comics pretty cool uh it's basically like a compression shirt and pair of compression shorts kind of made into one sewn together um mm-hmm. that just kind of work it's probably a lot of spandex just kind of works with her body and so it can fit her in both uh both forms yes yep which we I, do I, see her with it on as a normal gen too yeah i think though she would probably have to have a bunch of those because uh, I, I don't wear a ton of spandex, but I can't imagine if you're going from five foot four to six foot seven that it's at, you can only go up to six foot seven so many times before that suit's gonna stay at six foot seven. Unless if it has some sort of magical fabric properties, I don't know. That's another thing about this dude. Where like mm-hmm. where is he where is he getting the materials for this stuff from? You can't tell me he's not breaking some sort of laws getting some of this stuff because like so if he's making anything that's bulletproof, uh that's not that's not like the average person like the average person can't really get a especially in the state of California. Like I can't just go buy a bulletproof vest. Like Oh really? In a lot of states. If you're a felon, you can't have a bulletproof vest in a lot of states. Um, oh, okay. So there, there's, with stuff like that, there's different things that go along to it. Uh, 
unless he's got a lot of shady backworld dealings with companies that make this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the company, a lot of their, a lot of the, a lot of how they make this stuff is going to be proprietary information. It's going to be like trade secrets. So each each company might make their own different version of a bulletproof vest, a little bit differently here, there, whatever, or whatever kind of stuff they weave together, Kevlar and various things. The average person can't get a hold of that stuff. So something tells me this dude is a war criminal. So he needs to be locked up. He's yeah, he, he wouldn't have want this. To... He wouldn't want this to go to trial, right? Like he, he would not have wanted to go to court for this, right? He would have probably no. made the deal. No. But if, it, if it was because he had some stuff that was illegal, which I'm pretty sure he does based on whatever he's making for people. Yeah, like dude is shady. I, I, I knew there was a reason why I didn't like him. And now I'm thinking about it. This dude is dealing with some underworld, some illegal stuff, some illegal arms trading, and we need to take him down. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying uh, in general, like, yeah. I can imagine a, a spandex suit would only be able to go up to six foot seven so many times before it would either stay at six foot seven or it would end up at like a six foot two or six foot three version of the right, suit. Right, right. Uh, so then she uh, is going to battle the assailant. It is Daredevil. Um, she has no idea who he is. And uh, he's rocking his original, one of his original comic looks with the uh, yellow and red. Is this the suit that this clown made for him? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The helmet matches. Yeah. Um. The uh, what we have here then is she is going to take off his helmet and see that it is uh, Matt, and she's going to ask <laughs> one if this is uh, if he pretends to be blind because that's messed up. If so, and uh, no, he is really blind. For people that you don't know, know Daredevil, <laughs> you know what I you know what I got from that immediately was Arrested Development. Yes, like that immediately. Harken me back to Arrested Development. It's funny because I was just talking to one of my friends about it. I was like, this episode needs to be called, like before it came out, I was like, this episode needs to be called Justice is Blind. But it just makes me think back to Justice the dog in Arrested Development who was blind while Maggie was using him as a seeing eye dog as she pretends to be blind. (laughs) You're on mute, Casey. As soon as she asked that, I was just like, I just thought back to Maggie and I was like, okay, uh, but so I don't know if that was their thing. I know the uh, maybe, but um, okay. Hypothetical situation. Obviously, it makes a difference where it's at. But if they really went at it, who do you think comes out on top? Uh, I think She Hulk. I you know she Matt Matt is that can jump around and you know do some nice acrobatics and has some good physical fighting but the um you know she hulk is just she's a hulk right (laughs) i I think she wins i think the only chance is maybe if it's in like a cave or hallway or something yes yeah but i like that like she um did the like the clap right um we haven't seen that since since the first episode yes yeah, and uh, w- what we learn out is that he's kind of got like an eco-location thing. Um, 
that helps him see his senses were heightened when he went blind, pretty much as Daredevil for people that are not familiar with him. So what he reveals to Jen is that, guess what? Eugene, uh, the reason I was chasing him was because he kidnapped Jacobson. <laughs> and she's like, oh, he didn't mention that. So this is Jen now twice with the rocket fuel and now this. Uh, not getting the full story from her client before she jumps into this. So, uh, Quick fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for those who may not know as well. Apparently, uh, at the same time Daredevil went blind is how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were actually created. Yeah, I guess not like officially because it's a different comic company, but the people that created Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yes, used that as like a um, whatever it like was Easter egg type the, thing. Yeah, yeah, like wh- whatever. I guess in the original comic, I guess something fell off a truck and hit Matt Murdock in the face. Yes, it's acid and, or something and yeah. blinded him. And during that same same thing, a truck that it was that same truck, and it might have even been the same canister or one of the canisters from that that actually like flew off, went down to New York City sewer, and consequently made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so fun fact for those around there. Uh, also, another fun fact, which I did not know and I had never thought of until this very episode, we get the difference between a goon. <laughs> and a henchman yes i really liked this conversation before they bust in here so what what does he say a henchman is a henchman believes in the cause a goon is basically right. just doing it for the money hired like a hired goon yeah yeah like from the simpsons hired goons but yes that makes so, sense i i think that is a definition that makes a lot of sense it really does i don't know who came up with that i don't know where it came from but whoever wrote that however that came about is awesome uh so Back in the day, there used to be a website that was really cool called Crack.com, right? Um, they've kind of gone downhill because they've changed ownership many times. And not only have they changed ownership, they've let a lot of people go and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But they used to make, like, they used to also make a bunch of YouTube videos in the early 2010s or something. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, around um, then, yeah. One of them was was called uh it was these four dudes one of the guys on it was a, is a writer now for last week tonight with john oliver um there was four of them that would all they would go to this diner in la and they would film there and it was uh oh yeah talk, i've seen those yeah like it's great it, it was great stuff and it talked about a lot of different things um and it, it was great but one of the best things they, one of the best conversations they had were, if you were a henchman, who would you hench for, right? And it, it talked about like, you know, everyone has a different take. Oh, I, I would be a henchman. And some do, you know, someone else was like, oh, I, I would, I would want to work for this guy for this reason. And the other, like, finally, like one of them's like, you're ultimately you're gonna die, right? So why not live on a tropical island? in a cave like you're not looking like you're not going to get stock options like Mm -hmm. you know various things so like if you're going to be a henchman like do what you can enjoy your life because you know at some point it ends because whoever the hero is comes especially if you're a nameless henchman and kills you so but uh yeah that's why you want to be like a henchman to one of batman or spider-man's villains where they don't have they have a no kill rule um but 
you so, don't okay, want to so, be a henchman for Joker because he will kill you. He'll he'll kill you. Okay, Batman, uh, Spider Man has an no kill rule. He's he's also young, so that that's a whole different thing, right? Batman has no kill rule, but would you rather be killed or end up crippled for the rest of your life? <laughs> that's true. Like the stuff Batman does is either going to put you in tremendous pain for the rest of your life, or you're going to end up paralyzed or deformed or so with some of these things it'd probably be better if you were just killed because i mean you can't okay when batman right you fight batman and he paralyzes you Mm -hmm. i don't think joker has like a healthcare plan right no no they're they're paying you enough under the table for you to you might you probably aren't even getting paid this might be a gang type thing where once you're in you're in. The only way out is like through death, right? So once again, like he cripples you. You don't have health insurance. You're not really going to be able to. You're not going to be able to afford to get yourself taken care of. On top of that, like, what are you going to do afterwards? Mm-hmm. The Joker isn't or going to hire a crippled henchman. Even if you go to lesser villains like Two Face. Or if, even if you go to other villains like Frogman here, is like a D-list villain, like or <laughs> Z-list. Like, is he gonna like is he gonna take a chance on a dude who has to wear leg braces or is paralyzed in a wheelchair? Uh, I think what, I think Leapfrog does. What what kind of henching <laughs> so can you do? Dumb. What kind of henching can you do? Crippled. Guy in the chair. I'll, I'll be the guy watching the security cams, and I'll I'll let you know what happens. So, so Jen and Daredevil are going to have a conversation on the roof. They talk about the henchmen and the goons. He also is able to count due to the heartbeats. That is a Daredevil thing. And uh, Jen finds this very interesting. When, when does she turn to us and, and ask? I love the fourth wall breaks in this one. When does she turn mm-hmm. to us and say, are you guys feeling this? Because I'm feeling this. Am I the only one? Like that happened at some, I think that was in the bar after the trial where they were at the legal yes, ease. It was when he, she's just talking to regular Matt, but then in the middle of the fight, she's going to turn to the camera and say, this guy is kind of doing it for me. Yeah. And you know what? I, I didn't, I never watched the daredevil show, right? Mm-hmm. When it was on Netflix, um, there was just too much going on and never got a chance to watch it. Um, so I don't know much about him or the character. Or his version of the character or anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I saw the chemistry there and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Like, go ahead. If, if this happens, I wouldn't be against this. Matt's a player too. Like in his, his show, he's hooked up with uh, around three women and now you got a uh, fourth year with, with Jen. The... Uh, the next part of it, so okay, so he's able to count how many people he wants to go in there by himself, right? Um, and kind of he clear want, out some of these. He wants to go quiet and stealthy. She wants yes. to go Hulk smash. And we get kind of a homage to the original Daredevil show because we get a hallway fight scene. This is something that was a staple in Daredevil on Netflix. And uh, he does a really good job here taking them down. But then more come She-Hulk just uh, Hulk smashes. So in the original show, 
was it were a lot of the fight scenes because I, I saw that brought up quite a few times they did a good job with the hallway fights and I'm like do they tend to do it in hallways a lot in the show what was the reasoning behind that I don't know if I'd say a lot I, I <clears throat> there are probably two or three very notable hallway fight scenes in the first couple seasons the the first one is like by episode two or three i think of the of the first season he goes in there to save a little boy who was kidnapped and it's shot as a one shot like as a oneer where like the you know there's no cuts now there might actually be cuts when they are right, you're able to disguise cuts in oneers as well for people that don't know but so it's shot like that and it was just in a really incredible like choreography and just really great fight and then people loved it so they were like i felt like then after that they're like we gotta do one in season two we gotta do one in season three i don't know if they did one in season three because i haven't watched that one yet um but definitely they did it in season one and i know they did it in season two as well so it's nice to kind of get that get that here as well i I was i was gonna say is that is that something that was a daredevil type thing because his echolocation can be used a lot better in a situation enclosed, like in a room or a hallway or something. Or um, I don't think it's a big thing in the comics. Uh, he's actually a lot more like this was more accurate to him in the comics with him being more acrobatic, um, with the because they were able to actually probably spend more on CG to do some of those acrobatic stuff that he was doing against Jen. Um, you know the the. The Daredevil show on Netflix, while it was a Netflix production, was produced by ABC Studios, which is the, you know, ABC Studios is a, um, they make shows for all types of places. But, uh, so their budget was a little lower. Um, so they had to kind of deal with what they were given. So I think that's why you get a lot more of the up close personal fights than what um, Daredevil usually does. But uh, it was it was enjoyable here, um, and you know, getting Jen kind of like breaking it almost it's almost like a fourth wall break in the sense of well, one it is because it's the ceiling, but with two it's the like they're playing on your expectations. You're like, okay, now we're getting a Daredevil hallway scene. If you're familiar with that, you're like, oh, cool, and then turn around, and you're like, oh, we get more. Okay, he's gonna take on these guys now, and then just boom, nope, <laughs> that's it. You got your little homage, and now. Uh, Jen comes in here and sweeps the rest. It is her show, after all. And it, it uh, is her show. she told us that. Yes, uh, at the beginning. <laughs> I, I like it. I like in the in the the previously on my show. I like that from the very yes. Beginning. Me too. Me too. That was fun. Um. So so they're gonna clear this warehouse. She makes a deal with the uh, with Jacobson that he's gonna continue making the dress then. And her and Matt are going to have this nice rooftop conversation and they're going to, she's going to take him home. And what we're going to learn is that the, the night had come to a satisfying conclusion as she puts it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, so I love, I love how they're trying to keep this somewhat kid friendly, I guess. Yes. Yeah. While, while leaving enough for uh, adults in there. Um, A, way to go, Jen. B, good job, Matt. Um, C, so the first time I've, uh, I only watched it once. So when I watched it and saw Matt or Daredevil doing the walk of shame, mm-hmm. it, 
in his Daredevil. Okay, in a Daredevil costume, really? Like he, like he couldn't have got some clothes from somewhere. Like I don't know. It's just weird. I think he left them wherever he, wherever he was. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how that works being a superhero. Yeah. Right. I did. I love when re- she's trying to take it off of him too, and it's like it's like taking a while. It's like just uh, undress yourself is what I would do. I didn't realize until after on Twitter that he actually walked past Nikki. Between oh, is that who it was? Twitter, between on Twitter and then the the courtroom sketches in the end. Mm-hmm. The the person he walked past. Remember, she was walking up the street. She was holding yeah. Jen's dress. She and that's how Nikki was like with, with the devil guy. Like that's how yeah, Nikki I just was, passed him. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't realize he did the walk of shame past Nikki. Um, no, me neither. I, I love the walk of shame thing too because that was cool, especially him holding his boots or whatever in his hand, just kind of walking down the L.A. city streets. Which, okay, so the first time they show him, he's walking past an older woman uh, with her dog. So it must just be in the in, in the maybe in the sketches. In the, yeah, in the sketch. Or, I was like, that, that didn't look like her. But yeah. that explains why Nick. That's it explains why Nikki was like, "Oh, with the guy with the devil." Yeah. Well, you can tell me about it later. Um, yeah. Is it? I like how she's like. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, uh, uh, she doesn't know if it was like, you know, if she should be happy for Jen here or not. This was a good fourth wall break as well, because so as I'm watching this, like, you know, I get caught up, I get caught up in the episode and especially with episodes that are shorter like this, that are only like in the 30 minute range. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell where you're at in the episode. Mm -hmm. So I have to usually grab my remote. I got smart TV. I had a Vizio, so I got to hit the up button to see how much time is left. Or the info button, see how much time is left in the episode, right? So, like, I know, like, hey, do I got, like, five minutes left? Is this it? You know, and at that point, it was still a considerable amount of time left. I think it was, like, 10 or 12 minutes or something. Where even she was like, doesn't this seem like a satisfying conclusion in the episode? Like, we're doing more? And it was one of those, it was like, okay. Yeah, I wondered where they were going with it, yeah. I I didn't know either, and that's why I was like, yeah, like, there's still a lot of time left. Like, what what do we got going on here? Like, A, that's a great thing from the aspect of it, the time flew by in the episode. Uh, Like, they they did such a great job. Like, regardless of how much time had elapsed, you didn't necessarily recognize it. You were just watching it, and then next thing you know, you're like, wait a minute, this is almost over. Like, hey, there's... There's more going on here. What do we got to do? Um, and then it, it, even Jen was able to recognize it. Oh, like, oh, this is where the twist is coming in, right? Like, and even even Jen tells us, and that's that's where you get that sense of dread. Like, oh man, this is, you know, there's only one episode left at this point if you're following the show. So you're like, okay, so there's got to be something that happens here in the next ten minutes that sets up our finale. And I think she even brings that up. Like, yeah. Like, she even brings up the fact that, like, there's only one episode left or it's almost at the finale. Yeah, she mentions, I think, finale or something. So now, like I said, you get that sense of dread and you're like, okay, what do we do? Like, how do we, what's going to happen here? And we forget about the gala. 
this is where I figured the gala was actually going to be like just next episode with how they were talking about like he's going to have time to make the dress. Like this is the next day. So obviously theoretically it couldn't happen this way, right? So this is sped up from Yeah, this is literally for, he already unless he already had another dress made or unless the dress that he was making wasn't hers. Yeah, that's true. Um but yeah, like this is literally that night uh, Daredevil kidnaps him right after the trial. This is all within like a, ma- a 48 hour period. So like yeah. they have the trial. He wins. Uh, Mr. Frogman decides to uh, Frogman kidnaps him. They have the fight. Uh, Daredevil and and Jen go home. They go at it. They have fun. Satisfying conclusion. And then it's the next morning. Because the gal is the next day. Like, here, yeah. here's here's my thought. Why didn't she just wait a day or two? If if she was that close to the gala, she should have. Well, no, because she had to go to court. Okay, never mind. See, so I don't think she was that close to the gala in all. So I feel like this fourth wall break is almost like a time jump of we're gonna yada yada this to the gala. I think, is, I think it was. I think just the tri- the portion leading up to the trial might have been a few weeks or whatever before. Oh, maybe, yeah. Like, that. that's why I stopped there. That's why I was like, no, because I was like, because maybe, you know, the gala was upcoming, she needed the dress, and that could still be a few weeks down the road, but... Well, the reason why I thought that originally is when she comes in, and when Nikki comes in, she says to her, like, like what am I getting ready for? Like, to, in her mind, it's not time for the gala, and then they're like, oh, yeah, the gala. Like, so I felt like the fourth wall break is almost like a time jump to be like, oh, we got to we're, we're going to skip to this and get ready for the. Or finale. she just might have had a lot on her mind over the last couple. That's true. Years. But she just asked about the dress the night before. So it's it's all like it's up in the air, I guess. Right. <laughs> on how exactly Look, this. I, I don't know out. how, but I, I had people at my work who either forget their day off and come in and then yeah, have to go true. home. Or forget that they're on vacation and come in and then realize, oh, I'm supposed to be off this week. So forgetting, you know, a gal is on a certain date, especially when you've had a lot going on the last few days before, I can, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, so we get to the gala and we find out that they're all woman of the year. Is that is that right? That they're doing some sort of... Multi thing Multi, for female lawyer yeah. of the year, and it it's kind of garbage. Um, I think that's what we're supposed to feel about it. Yeah, is kind of like a cop out. They're kind of doing it as a beauty pageant type thing, because mm-hmm. even yeah. even uh, Mallory has to has to say something about you know she how she doesn't really like it and. Uh, I kind of get that. So, you know, we, we get to see her dad again. Her mom and dad are there. And her dad, you know, we get to see dad again, which is awesome. We also get to see, uh, who, who's that? Who's the, the slimy dude? Um, Todd, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we also, he got, he, he called her as a 24 hour lawyer. Right. And then he just wanted to show off this Wakandan spear he had gotten and she leaves him high and dry. 
Um, I, I love the whole how she just comes out and she's like, "Yeah, I'm not comfortable with this at all." Yeah, like that. That's being an ally right there. Like, yeah, you know what? This isn't cool. This is no. We're we're not doing this. And obviously, he was doing that just mainly to hit on her again, and she just was having none of that. Like he gives her a glass of wine to try and get a toast, and she she just graciously picks it up and puts it on the other side of the table. Right, he's getting ready to toast. Like, yeah, this this is not what this is for. And she built him for the whole hour. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, but yeah, so we see Todd here again, and um, yeah, so they all get called up to the thing, and then the uh, Hulk King comes on the screen, like the little emoji or name of Hulk King comes on the screen. And starts playing. When I is this from the night that she got with Josh? Is that yeah. what we're seeing? Okay. Yeah. He I guess so he, he must have recorded set, it with his phone. He took his phone, set up his phone to record it without her knowing, and then they got intimate. Um, and something we didn't talk about last week was well, the week before was uh, I, I mean I know this is on Disney Plus, and I'm not sure what kind of exactly movies are all throughout Disney Plus, but. The showing of this of some skin is not something I expected to see on a Disney, on a Disney Marvel type channel there, um, and they started adding R and TVMA stuff. And then, uh, not only that, but just like how embarrassing that was for her, and I, I can't fathom that, um, especially when you don't know it. And then, like, he starts saying something. She's not who everybody thinks she is and starts kind of slut-shaming her, basically, and everything. And this is where Bruce's words come back into play um, of, it's all good until they see you as a monster. Um, and basically, this is this is their opportunity chance to see, to see her as a monster. And maybe that's what Hulk mm-hmm. is wanting. Yeah. Now, maybe it's because I empathize with her, but I'm like, this wouldn't change anything for me if I'm in the audience. Like, yeah, she loses her cool at the screen, but it's also like somebody putting up like revenge porn almost on the screen. And no, like, no, oh, okay. No, no, I, I get that. But the aspect of, okay, she's, she has every right. And I don't even want to say emotion. She has every right to be angry at that point. Right. That is 100% understood. Yeah. The part where it starts to scare people is, once again, she's still a Hulk. She's still Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. large, incredibly strong being. With, like, with one, with basically just one quick swoop, she pulls down the entire set, set of screens, right? So, remember, you're, these are lawyers. These are all fancy people. They're just sitting Mm -hmm. in the crowd. I guarantee you, statistically, there's at least a few people in that crowd that were skeptical of She-Hulk in the first place. Because, once again, she's still a Hulk, right? So, this is their opportunity to say, oh, see, I knew it. I, I knew I knew this was going to happen at some point. But at the same time, she once again, she, she pulls all the screens down, right? Uh, I, I don't know if anything else happens, but she ends up bashing through the door, right? Or through the wall. Yeah. 
Um, once again, she has every right to be angry. I'm not saying she, she, she can't be angry at that point. And especially, I think Mallory spoke up and tried to tell her no. Uh, yeah, like don't hit the screen. Yeah, don't hit the screen. Like, yeah, we're we're trying to we're trying to calm her down, and it didn't work. Well, I don't know if Mallory was trying to calm her down. I think she was saying like, just don't go there because it, it's like people are people are going to react that way. Is how I took Mallory saying that. Like, like don't do that because you're giving them what they want type of thing understandable and that might be more more accurate to that but so yeah like i i i this is she's she's been in control of herself and she's shown that she can control herself all throughout the series for all seven seven and seven eighths of an episode right up until this point at some point, she grabs one of the guys who has this mask on or whatever. Um, I, I It's weird because I can kind of understand as to why, like, yeah, people are screaming because, mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. again, you don't know. Well, just like with the Incredible Hulk at some point, like, he was part of the Avengers. And then at some point in... Wherever they were, not Sokovia, uh, I think the African place where Tony had to buy the building. Uh, yeah, South Africa. Yeah, like he he was he was there to help him, and then at some point he went ballistic, and then damaged you know half the country, right? So, I, yeah, I, and so what was I going to ask on this? Uh, I was going to ask something from, I guess her reaction. Um, I've lost it, but anyway, uh, so, so she breaks all this stuff. She, she's going out. She sees everybody kind of react to this. Where do you think it goes from here? Do you, I think she's fired probably. And, uh, Oh, I know what I was going to say. I think this relates actually pretty well to the uh, what you said made me think of this um, about how she's always been in control and then isn't here. It reminds me of the abomination case when she's on Blonsky, right? And she's getting him parole and he turns into abomination and she tells him not to, but he does. And he shows I'm in control. And uh, it's almost like a reverse of that where she is, not in control at this point. And I think that might make people question on if she can be of law uh, as she Hulk. I think it could. Um, and this is, I, I, I did I bring this up where at some point I was like, you know, if, if, if things don't go her way and, and, you know, in court or whatever, like, can you really count on her? We've seen her in a couple situations, but nothing. I guess the highest profile thing she had was Blonsky, but that was also in an enclosed situation. And she didn't have any, any information that like came to light that she wasn't really prepared for. Um, she did with frog guy here, but that was once again, that wasn't a big thing. Um, He shot her a look. Uh, her, her boss shot her a look there. 
which I don't know what that look says. I don't know if that look was like scared, disappointing, if that look was saying like you're fired. Like I'm not sure it could be any number of things. Um, more than anything, it has me excited for the final episode. Yeah, I think this is all stuff I thought would happen in the final episode. So kind of getting it ahead of time to kind of set up for the finale, I think is very interesting. Um, those those dudes were there quick, though, from whatever organization. I guess I was holding Blonsky or not S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever came after S.H.I.E.L.D. there. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they had security or something. I don't, I don't know. Or Hulk King tipped people off that this... I don't know. Like, there's... I guess we still have to figure out who Hulk King is. But also, so I get he was probably <clears throat> trying to piss Jen off with this. But also, if you just showed me, like, Jen getting some action on the screen, I wouldn't be like, oh, what a bad lawyer. Like, that doesn't... Yeah. She's she's a she's a human being. She's a woman, right? She has thoughts and wants and needs, and you know, to violate someone's bedroom like that is not cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was just strange that like that's what they're like. We got her, (laughs) you know. Uh, But I assume they did it because they wanted her to react like this, not because yeah, I think actually changed people's minds. Yeah, I think that that was it more than anything was he was wanting her to have a reaction that. he got what he wanted out of that reaction. Mm-hmm. Probably more than he wanted out of that reaction. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, the, so everyone that's been waiting for Daredevil, you got him. Uh, let's go on to the Easter eggs. I wanted to recap an Easter egg I missed last week. I saw it last week and I had it. I didn't have it in my notes. But I was like, I really want to bring this up because I noticed it on my watch and then totally forgot. But the tow truck that comes is Slot Towing, which is named after Dan Slot, who's a Marvel Comics writer. He wrote a lot of a She-Hulk comics. He also wrote a lot of Spider-Man comics. So I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was cool. Uh, Easter eggs from this week. The Netflix Daredevil theme played when he says, I am Daredevil, uh, when she asks who he is. Uh, I mentioned the hallway fight already. We get Eugene saying he wants fancy AI with a British voice that talks to him. That's a reference yeah, to Jarvis, to Jarvis Friday. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we got the Wakandan War Spear, which we talked about. There was a Rogers the Musical billboard, um, I think behind Matt and Jen at some point that I saw. And when she does her fourth wall break at the end, she mentions that one of the possibilities could be a new Hulk that's maybe red. That's a reference to Red Hulk. And Nikki with the makeup brushes comes out holding on like Wolverine claws. So that was uh, some really fun Easter eggs in this episode. The 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 Red Hulk thing's been going kind of crazy lately because uh, I, I don't know if you had brought it up here or one on one of the other episodes of Riff Podcast. But um there's rumors of them recasting mm-hmm. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, did we um, talk about that last week? I don't know if it was here. I Briefly? don't know if it was on a I don't know if it was on one of your other ones. Um I don't know. I may have mentioned Harrison Ford is linked yeah, it, supposedly. It, it, 
It may have been when you did the the uh, Deadpool thing. Oh, um, it may have been, yeah. But yeah, there's there's rumors that they either already have or they're trying to get Harrison Ford to be Thunderbolt Ross. Um, which, I don't know, he's up there. I don't know if he necessarily needs to be doing any action scenes at, at his age. He I mean, he's doing Indiana doing, Jones right now. <laughs> he, hurt, he also hurt himself, like, at least once, if not twice, during these On last the Force Awakens. Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, well, he did, he hurt himself during The Force Awakens, too. That's almost 10 years old at this point. That's yeah, scary so, as hell. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, that's Ford's up there, man. Like, Yeah, well, I would assume he wouldn't do the mocap. He would be doing the regular Thunderbolt Raw stuff, and then he would mocap somebody else and just shove his face on it. But... I think just let Thunderbolts Ross go. He's mentioned he's dead. Name the team Thunderbolts after him in honor of him. And if you have a Red Hulk, make it like his kid or something. I don't know. Like, there's things we can do. I don't think we need Harrison Ford to recast. Are they going to bring Liv Tyler back then? I don't know if she wants to, but at this point, it's getting to a point where she's the only one not back from that movie with the leader coming back. And even, um, Martin Starr's character in uh, the Hulk film, in Incredible Hulk, he was in it. And he also plays one of Peter's teachers in The Homecoming and, you know, Far From Home, No Way Home. And they've kind of retconned it to where he's the same character and he was just in college when he was uh, in The Incredible Hulk. So I think that's funny that, like, if you include that, we've even gotten Martin Starr's, like, side character from The Incredible Hulk, but we haven't got Liv Tyler back at this point. Uh, I don't think she's ever going to come back. They could recast, I guess. If you can recast Rhodey, right? Terrence Howard uh, to Don Cheadle. I think you can recast almost anybody at this point. But I- I'd rather not just move on from Thunderbolt Ross, have it be his kid or something. You get a younger actor who can do it for a while. That's the way I look at it. Anything else about Ribbit and Rip It? I love his catchphrase, by the way. I love that the that he says that. <laughs> I, I still want to know what's up with this dude and this family and frogs because this is this makes no sense. Frogs when I looked it up too, like when I looked it up too, it said like notable like things from like it said Daredevil like thinks that Leapfrog is cheesy, and I'm like that's funny that like they would have mentioned that in the comics that he thinks he's cheesy. Uh, all right, so we're, we're getting ready for the finale coming next um, next week. And you can forward us your feedback at marvelplusrecaps at gmail.com, Twitter at toinfinitysaga, facebook.com slash infinitysagabeyond. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week as we prepare for She-Hulk Episode 9.